Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to Sunday School Bonanza. We're here to bring you the greatest in gospel doctrine rundowns to get you prepared. Whether you can go to gospel doctrine and participate, or if you have a calling that prevents you from attending, we hope this at least helps you get a little bit more out of your Sunday than you otherwise would have. But of course, this does not supplant actual personal study. We encourage you to do that. I'm joined once again this week by one of my favorite co-hosts, Patricia Oxier, is here in the house. Hello. Singing the Rocky theme song. Da-da, da That's because we're going to talk about the old fighter today. Brigham Young, da-da, the fighter. <sighs> and now in the left corner, Brigham Young. In the right corner, at six foot two, weighing 200 pounds, Sidney Rigdon. And or James Strang. He was like the ref. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. So this lesson is lesson 33. President Brigham Young leads the Saints. And we're going to talk about some of the uh, succession stuff that happened. Because, of course, in the last lesson, we spoke of the martyrdom of the prophet Joseph Very Smith. Very sad. And in a sense, this left a power vacuum. Uh, to put it in, you know, in, in, in political terms, I guess. But a lot of people predicted that in killing Joseph Smith, of course, the church would just implode. That was the goal of those who assassinated Joseph Smith and Hiram. Uh, that's what they figured would go down. But it didn't go down. President Joseph Fielding Smith said, No man of himself can lead this church. It is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is at the head. He chooses men and calls them to be instruments in his hands to accomplish his purposes. And he guides and directs them in their labors. But men are only instruments in the Lord's hands. And the honor and glory for all that his servants accomplish is and should be ascribed unto him forever. So, yeah, that's a good point. That's that's what's going down here. And so as we lead into this, uh, a vital section that you should all read, section 107 of the Doctrine and Covenants. Because what happened, uh, what, maybe six months before the martyrdom or so, mm-hmm. Joseph Smith spent several days with the Quorum of the Twelve in the temple, uh, giving them their endowments, teaching them about their responsibilities. And he basically told them... Uh, that he would soon die and that he had bestowed all the keys that he held, the keys to officiate in the ordinances of the gospel, to lead the church on the earth, that they would be collectively held by the 12. This is so important to the succession of the church and to the administration and governing of the church uh, from that point on. Without this little bit from Joseph Smith, I mean, I don't know what would have happened. It would have been even more chaotic than it already was going to be after the martyrdom. So as you can read here in uh, section 107 verses 22 through 24, he says of the Melchizedek priesthood, three presiding high priests chosen by the body appointed and ordained to that office and upheld by the confidence, faith and prayer of the church form a quorum of the presidency of the church. The 12 traveling counselors are called to be the 12 apostles or special witnesses of the name of Christ in all the world, thus differing from other officers in the church in the duties of their calling. And they form a quorum equal in authority and power to the three presidents previously mentioned. So Patricia, why is this, why is this important? Well, it's important. What do we learn right there? Uh, well, it's important because um, we understand that um, the quorum of the 12 apostles holds all the keys um, of the gospel. And that when, and I think it's really interesting to see that Joseph Smith, um, under God's direction, really prepared the way. So even though, um, you know, um, this very charismatic charismatic leader was leading the church, without him, 
um, the church would still go on. And even though Joseph Smith was a wonderful man and a great prophet, he wasn't equal. He wasn't the church. Yeah. You know, he was just a, an important part of it. And what else I love the way it lists it, it goes to the first presidency first as a quorum, and then the 12 are a quorum that also hold the same power. But President Harold B. Lee said something interesting. He said that uh, where the president is not, there is no first presidency. Immediately following the death of a president, the next ranking body, the quorum of the 12 becomes the presiding authority. Um, so it's really important to remember. So without a president of the church, there can be no presidency. And without a president of the church, therefore, that means automatically the authority goes back to the quorum of the 12. So we see that that same authority exists between those two, these two quorums, except the first presidency presides regardless. If there's a first presidency, they preside even over the 12. And that's just an important thing to remember. Mm -hmm. So this, this leads in a lot to the uh, succession crisis and what went down. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty standard for us when, you know, when President Hinckley passed away, um, everyone knew what would happen is that uh, President Monson, who is the president of um, the Quorum of the Twelve, or, yeah, um, yeah he was the president it's of the Quorum the president of the Twelve. Of the 12. Right. No. Boyd K. Pacto was the acting president, but uh, we knew that President Monson would be the prophet, and everyone just kind of knew that that was how it was going to happen. But, of course, when Joseph Smith died, there was no... It had never happened before in the in the latter days. So there were a few people who thought that they should be the next prophet. Um, the the one who had the most followers, of course, was Sidney Rigdon. And Sidney Rigdon had kind of fallen away from the church, a little estranged for a while. He was still a great man, um, still had an important um, role in the gospel. And in some respects, he made sense. He was an intelligent man. He had... Um, he had a lot of leadership capability. He had the ear of the prophet. They were very close right, right. friends and acquaintances. But I think it's important here to realize that God doesn't necessarily call um, who makes the most sense in terms of, um, you know, the person that's the smartest or has the most leadership capability, but he calls the person who needs to lead at that time. And um, so, you know, we've heard the story of the council where or the meeting where Sidney Rigdon got up and spoke 90 minutes about he, how he should be the prophet and his qualifications. And then Brigham Young got up um, in a very humble way. And a lot of the people were, um, uh, Brigham Young reminded them of Joseph Smith and people felt, yes, J uh, Brigham Young's going to be our leader. But you know, it's interesting, Jeff, because um, while we think of Brigham Young being the prophet during this time, he actually wasn't sustained until they reached the Salt Lake Valley yeah. several years later. Well, afterwards, it was about three years or so passed by total. So the whole stretch when the Saints, after they left Nauvoo, trekked across the plains, all that stuff, we know that the Saints landed, of course, on July 24th, landed, 1847. They landed in Utah. This is the place. In the valley. And it wasn't until December of that year, yeah, that Brigham Young was formally put in as president of the church and a first presidency was once again reorganized. So it is interesting. We think of Brigham Young as this leader across the plains, which he was, but it's very easy to think of him as the actual president of the church during this stretch. And yep. there was no president of the church. Yeah. And then, you know, after Brigham Young died, uh, before John Taylor became the prophet, there was another longish period where we didn't have a prophet um, about three organized. More, about three more years, actually, yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't until um, Wilford Wilford Woodruff became the prophet. Woofa 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 woofa. It wasn't until he became the prophet that he said, "You know what? 
there's never going to be a gap again. We're going to get a system established. And so he, um, he formalized the process that we have today, of course, under the direction of God. And I think, of course, and I think it's interesting because it's one, of course, so that the church chugs along, but you can also imagine it was to, uh, to not have people fall away, to not have splinter groups phase. Cause the worst of this happened immediately after the passing of Joseph Smith. Right. But I imagine in between Brigham Young and John Taylor and in between John Taylor and Wilford Woodruff, you had people sitting here saying like, no, I should be the, even, you know, even though the church has been more established, of course, in Utah by that point, you run into this and you, mm-hmm. and we saw this very much so before Brigham Young became president. You had Sidney Rigdon, James Strang, who we referenced earlier, who also said that he had a letter of appointment from Joseph Smith saying, Joseph Smith told me I'm supposed to be the president. Right. All these, these many, many groups. And this is why even to this day, if you just look on Wikipedia or something for Latter-day Saints, you'll find a list that doesn't just include the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but includes... You know, another dozen or so other groups that are all affiliated in one way or another under the Latter-day Saint umbrella. And basically all of them, almost all of them, uh, can trace, I'd say, their lineage, their founding to that specific succession Mm -hmm. crisis right after the martyrdom of Joseph Smith. It's actually another really um, interesting similarity between the Muslim religion and the Mormon faith is that a lot of the splinter groups came after Muhammad the Prophet died in the concept of succession. I've, I've actually found that too. Yeah, linear succession is what, what I believe they call it. And that's what the, uh, for example, the reorganized church that came out of this a couple of years later when they really formally organized, but they believed that it should be someone of Joseph Smith's family to run the show. And, and, uh, and that actually, that's, I like that you bring that up because I've thought the same thing between primarily Shiites and Sunni Muslims. Mm-hmm. You see, is it, uh, Sunnis believe, I believe that, uh, all of the descendants who lead have to be descendants of Muhammad. Shiites believe it's actually someone just chosen by God. Very interesting to see those parallels, actually, and how that's played out in the mm-hmm. stage. And then, of course, you got the Wahhabis and all these other people in Islam, just like we have. Hey, guys, religion is not homogenous. That's today's lesson. This is what we've t- come to teach you. Um, another thing that went down here, of course, we mentioned it before, the temple. Uh, they've been building the Nauvoo Temple for some time. It was finished up. And when it was finished, of course, the saints were very, very eager uh, to, to receive their endowments, to receive the instruction there. But at the same time, they were basically pre- preparing to leave Nauvoo. Brigham Young, the 12, knew that the saints couldn't stay there any longer either. Uh, obviously, given everything that happened with Joseph Smith, it wasn't safe for them. I don't think they were experiencing the day-in, day-out large-scale oppression they might have been experiencing in Missouri, per se. But they knew that the poop was going to hit the fan pretty soon, if you'll forgive my expression. But <laughs> Very eloquent. Thank you. But... Um, and so uh, before they left, though, it's, it's amazing the work they did in the temple. You hear these great stories of saints who wanted to rec- – they're laughing at me – of the saints who wanted to receive the temple ordinances, and they stayed up all through the night, 24 hours a day. They kept it going. Brigham Young kept telling them, no, guys, we've got to shut it down and leave town. And they were so dedicated to doing the work that he, he just had mercy, basically, in that sense, and just wanted to help them and said – let's do it then let's keep going and they trusted that the lord would take care of them and thankfully he did and they were able to get a lot done before they left and then the Navi temple uh, was burned down in an accident no less it wasn't actually burned down by mobs yeah i think um it was a lightning strike or something like that i think it's really important that um these people were able to go through the temple and um receive promises of the Lord because the next few years are going to be really, really difficult, not just crossing the plains, but starting essentially, you know, a whole, a whole settlement, um, a whole state out of nothing. Um, and it says nearly once again too. 
Right, I'd be, exactly. I'd be very fed up with that at this point. Of and nearly, nearly 6,000 saints received their endowments before commencing their westward journey. Um, so I think it's, you know, you could see the hunger in their eyes of yeah. wanting to um, make promises with the Lord um, that would help sustain them. Absolutely. So I guess the last stuff here, the saints experienced a lot of trials and miracles as they journeyed west. Uh, I think Patricia wanted to sum this up effectively. The babies were just being dumped all over the place. Babies everywhere. Just lots of children. I, I love this quote by Eliza Arsenal. She says, Mothers gave birth to offspring under almost every variety of circumstance imaginable, except to those which they had been accustomed. I mean, they were having, they were having kids everywhere. They were used to birthing suites, you know? <laughs> well, at least like beds. Yeah. You know? But they were having them in tents and in wagons, rainstorms, snowstorms, on under blankets with rain dripping. And I love that Caves, this, this is kind of the trees. this is the lasting um, image that the lesson gives to you for <laughs> know, their early like the trials. But man, I would not I would not want to have a child under these circumstances. That's for sure. I want to dig up some genealogy and just find people where it says you know place of birth. We're just like, yeah, some field out <laughs> some along the Platte field. River in Nebraska. Yeah. There you go. So, but I think it shows their faith, you know? They left this beautiful city that they had just built out of swampland. You know, these beautiful homes that they had just built. Um, and they they packed up meager pos- possessions and had kids in the wilderness. I think that shows incredible faith and uh, priorities um, that are better than mine. Yeah, I've played the Oregon Trail. It's tough. <laughs> it's very hard. You, you gotta have... swivel the guy around with your cursors and you know shoot the bear. And you have to it's learn when easy. to ford the river. You know, it's risky. You might. It's sink. very risky. But it was risky, and we don't want to diminish that. Uh, we'll, we won't go into tons of detail on it right now because next week's lesson is much more about the actual trek, the Mormon Trail across the West. But uh, what a fascinating period in our church's history. After all these things we've talked about. Uh, being in Kirtland in Missouri in Nauvoo, all of a sudden it becomes this like westward expansion just odyssey and this and it's so ingrained into our psyche really into the mormon zeitgeist if you will it's it's a huge part of our history so mm-hmm. but we'll talk about that more next week if that's okay with you patricia that's fine with okay, me okay thank you yeah. good folks we hope this has been of use to you and that you enjoy it please let us know how we're doing by emailing us at contact at thisweekinmormons.com send a note to me to al to patricia to anyone you want and we'll, uh, we'll get back to you. Go to thisweekinmormons.com and talk to us. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, blah, blah, blah. Just search in Google and then just follow things that show up. That works just fine for me. This has been Lesson 33. President Brigham Young leads the saints. Patricia, we are grateful for your patronage. Thanks for being here. Babies everywhere. Would you want to take us out with some Rocky again? Da-da-da. da da All right. Sunday School Bonanza da-da, by This Week in Mormons. Da-da, da-da. Apollo! Apollo! <sighs>